I always believe that Sikhi, your Dastar, your Damala, or your Dara Sahib, is making your strength, not your weakness. You're listening to the Experience Sikhi podcast, a deeper look into the Sikh identity. We present to you open, honest, and inspiring stories. No armor, pretense, or sugarcoating. Welcome to the Experience Sikhi podcast. I'm Kalvinder Singh. And I'm Prabhjit Kaur. We begin the podcast by acknowledging that we are meeting on Aboriginal land that has been inhabited by indigenous people from the very beginning. As settlers, we're grateful for the opportunity to meet here, and we thank all the generations of people who have taken care of this land for thousands of years. In particular, we acknowledge the traditional territory of the Anishinaabek and Huron-Wendat. Also, just some reminders, if you guys like the podcast, please remember to comment, rate, and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, as well as uh, Spotify. You can also send us questions and feedback at a podcast at experienceaki.com. That's podcast at experienceaki.com. So going into our guest, our guest today is Bayankar Singhji. Bayankar Singhji is a cabinet maker and a pilot. He is the president of Aura Kitchens and Cabinetry. He started off his career as an engineer and eventually got into cabinet making. He went through many hardships to eventually own a successful business. He also has a pilot's license and flies regularly across North America. In today's podcast, we talk to him about the hurdles he faced in becoming a business owner, as well as the experiences he has being an Amritadi pilot. Bayun Singhji is an inspiring Gursik who has also been blessed to do Amrit Sanchar Seva, as well as be a father to two children. Today's podcast is unique in that we're talking to someone who is a veteran in his field and has some great wisdom to share with today's youth. So with that being said, here's Bayun Singhji. Welcome, Pai Sabji. Uh, thanks for being on the podcast with us today. Uh, how are you doing? Doing absolutely great. That's awesome. Um, so we're just going to jump straight straight into it. Uh, can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Oh, my hobbies, my passions. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Uh, I love uh, uh, arts. I do a lot of landscaping in oils. And uh, I love to fly. Oh, awesome. I was, I was, I was flying since age of 16. Wow. wow. And you got your license at the age of 16 or... Nope, um, I was in India at that time, and my dad is from Indian Air Force, ah, and uh, so he taught me how to fly, and I uh, had my license from India at a student pilot license. Came to Canada about six, seven years ago, got my PPL, and got my other licenses, so that's how awesome. to fly. And, and you said the landscaping. I do a lot of uh, oil paintings. I do landscaping and portraits. Oh, that's I can cool. sit for hours and hours and hours and just make one portrait. Then uh, that started when you were a kid? Yeah. Okay. It's, in my, it's in my blood, actually. My daughter does that. <laughs> my, my dad does it. My, my brother does it. Come to my house, there are a few paintings. I made on one. And did you cool. just pick it up, or was it um, like something in school? How did you yeah, kind of get introduced just, to it? Uh, I just loved it since, since, since I was a kid. And you've just been continuing. Have you taken any classes around that, or just... No, like, not really. Okay, not okay. one, actually. It's just a passion. That's yeah, awesome. It just came to me. Yeah. And um, how did you get into Sikhi? Oh, that's a, a long a, question. A long question. <laughs> now, my family background is not from Sikhi, to be honest. My dad, uh, he was an Indian Air Force. My mom and my uh, other family members, they used to believe in those uh, superstitions, pundits and Muslims and other, other, other guys. Mm-hmm. And But uh, I studied in one of the best schools in, in India. 
um, in Anandpur Sahib, Shri Tasmich Academy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they used to teach us how to do the Bani there. And I just, I just love reading Bani from my childhood. I don't know why. And um, I grew up in Anandpur Sahib. I came here at the age of 20. Mm-hmm. But I had no clue that I need to become a Guru Ka Sikh by taking Amrit. And um, I was 26 when I got married. Mm-hmm. And uh, during our marriage, uh, my wife, uh, she, was, she was raised in Canada here. And uh, she doesn't want like, to wear too many jewelries and stuff. Neither was I. So we both, um, during our marriage, Ardaas, the Granthi Singh said, well, this is Amritari Yoda. And uh, Guru Sahib blessed them. Then he realized that he made a mistake. He came to me on guard. Well, Ardaas is already done. I said, well, give us a year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we will... Um, We'll go for it. And God bless, to be honest. And with Guruji, Guruji Kirpa, uh, eight months passed by. And um, he did the blessing. I took Amrit and Dixi Gurudara Sahib. I agree. From the same things um, whom I am fortunate to go like, to the service with. And um, two years later, I got a seva in Panji Parish. That's it. Wow. So That's amazing. Um, so one of the things that we're interested in is that you are a business owner. So you're the president of your own company, Aura Kitchens and Cabinetry. Right. So how did you get into your career as a cabinet maker and then eventually a businessman? All right. Um, brief history. Um, I'm an engineer by background. And okay. uh, whole life, I just did research and development. I'm R&D engineer. And so I used to work for Cradle Corporation in Pontiac in the U.S. And enough free time on my hand. That time, uh, there's a company in, in Windsor, Rogerson Tools. They asked me to um, convert the machinery into um, uh, automated CNC machinery, they call it. So we had a deal. I'll, I'll convert your machinery into um, um, uh, automated machinery. You help me build my own machine. <laughs> so I designed a machine, a CNC router, and with, with my own programming and stuff. It took almost a year and a half to, do, to do, uh, design and, and build it with my own hands was a success, but then I realized that, you know what, I cannot sell this uh, machinery because I need to have a um, backup for my engineers. I need a big financial background. I, I, I need so much big infrastructure just to Start market this thing up. Yeah. So why not build, start building cabinets from this, this machine? My brother-in-law, and um, you guys know him, he's the father of Mr. Navdi Benz. He's mm-hmm. a minister here, and um, mm-hmm. he had been in this business since 1989. So I met him, I said, well, Mr. Benz, uh, how about uh, if I, um, you and this business help me out? And um, he said, well, Uncle, I'm retiring in a few years, why don't you start your own? He put the seed in my mind, and I, ha- I had a partner at that time, and um, he was an MBA guy. And so he did a surveys, uh, was in the market, 300 thick page. And that's it, we made a jump in the market. I had no clue, to be honest, how to make a cabinet. I took a few courses in, in the Windsor College to mm-hmm. how to build a cabinet. Woodworking was my, one of my hobbies too when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. That's it. And we started there. Um, one thing I knew for sure was um, to have our own niche in the market. Yes. Um, do something extraordinary. And that's it. So we, we had that thing in the, in, uh, in the company. We had a nice showroom. We had professional dress code. We were not the best in the back end in the first few years. We lost money, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But uh, then my wife, uh, she was uh, working as some assistant controller in another company. She joined my company, and that's it. 
and it's all guru's kripa to be honest we can yeah. boast anything we want to boast about for sure it's all his blessings yeah that's true and that's that's the only right statement 100% yep. um actually just kind of follow up question on that is when you made the jump um and you mentioned kind of niche um uh, w- did what niche did you see uh, see that was lacking in the kind of market was it the customer service as you mentioned the showroom um what was the niche that you saw uh, in in the kitchen business uh, if you you can define two categories one category is okay this guy is really on good on price right but they build really good cabinets too and this big company number b which builds really good cabinets too but their price is way too high mm and people want that high quality for lower price right the issue uh, issue was which we figured out was there a lot of companies in this in this market they uh, do a good job but in the end 5% or 10% last moments they destroy the relationship it's like giving you milk with a fly in there <laughs> yeah yeah <Ew. laughs> so service was a key yeah all the we like i'll be honest you like even our company we are not perfect uh, but we Thrive to be perfect. That's for sure. Yeah, we do a lot of, like we have invested pretty close to, uh, I would say, about half a million to million dollars in the past five years just in automations or softwares or how to improve ourselves. Right, and there's a way long room to improve, no doubt. That's the key. Um, there was so much uh, customer service lacking in this business right now. Like once you sign the deal, you must have nobody. Or your job is done, then who are you? Right. They won't pick your phone. The small companies. Yeah. Now, take a big company, they do the, they are perfectly fine on the service calls, but the price is triple. Right. And how right. do you balance those things? That's the way we came. You know what? Let's give them a service middle market middle like market. Yeah. And then yeah. yeah. And then they don't those smaller companies I guess are not co- uh concentrating on the lifetime of the customer. They just think, "Oh, one transaction, we're good." And then, you know. You're not going to find too many engineers in this business number one. Right. All small companies, they are one man operations, the one man army. Mm-hmm. they don't have a structure in place yeah. right that's the biggest issue uh i will say 80% of companies are like that and few companies are really big they they're really huge but then this overheads are high uh, in the end uh, you know, customer end up paying for that right yeah and um the another question i think like <coughs> some of our listeners would want to know is sometimes they're thinking of starting a business or uh starting their own kind of side project what made you jump like what what was that type of kind of inner dialogue that you had I was always my boss yeah okay even in the company I worked for I have been senior engineer for a lot of places right and uh, I was kind of my own own boss and uh, I think I'm born with it like mm-hmm. I cannot work somebody else that's me mm-hmm. right I had to make a jump one way or the other I tried engineering I couldn't do it <clears throat> excuse me this business was good because my family was already in this business so I knew some in and outs of this business right mm-hmm. and um rest i did my ardas i had a faith in my ardas and just I just made a jump right. even like after two years when my other partner um, uh, we split in two so i um, i remember that uh, he was feeling really bad one day that we had under so much debt and stuff right and i did ardas in the morning and guru sahib ji kind of told that uh, um nothing in your hand mm-hmm. right ye je kuch kar sake na kar lo So I told him, "Come on, man! Like, it's not in our hands. Have faith." The first result we did was really good. We had a blessing that time, but we got to believe in that too, right? Yeah. And just keep stay on the course. Yeah. Things will fall in place automatic. 
hundred percent. It couldn't happen. So I remember um, uh, I'm an engineer by trade as well, right. um, and so when we're going through school, it was very tough. And uh, I'm not a person who like I never called home much, right. uh, but when I did, um, it was when like I almost failed an exam or something, right? And then my mom would always tell me she's like, uh, there's always the saying that they used to say, "We mali da kam the pani lana." ਰਬਲਾਵੇਨਾਜਾਲਾਵੇਰਾਈਟ to date uh, the way we brought up our kids guys give up your best mm-hmm. and stay true to who you are i don't want two face mm-hmm. i don't want you big big um hatay the mala now and even that you start attending the parties yeah mm-hmm. if you want to attend the parties most welcome go ahead do it but don't have two faces mm-hmm. that's um, i think we are blessed one mm-hmm. nice my go ahead um What are the hardships you faced in starting your career off in Canada like while you're starting your business was there things that you had to overcome uh, either related to like just losing money when you started um any any of those things like what are the any business you start if you don't lose money <laughs> you're doing something wrong <laughs> <laughs> you got to go down to climb up brother that's the way it's supposed to be okay if you just climbing up from there went on yeah you're going to fall high then mm. you better fall shallow and rise up again every business is bound to fall one day mm-hmm. not a single business can keep going up and up and fall that that's a reality in life mm-hmm. it's better you fall now early in the stage learn from your mistakes and move on that's really good advice yeah. so what is that uh that factor that gives you like gave you confidence in the beginning like when you're first starting to lose money for some people it can shake them up and make them worry and then they it's might it's not easy it's not easy to be honest like uh, i was very well paid for my previous jobs my wife used to make good money too and uh we used to barely work 35 hours a week a lot of time in the panj pyare seva used to go the six things come on i'm not making uh, i don't think i deserve the money i'm getting paid i'm not been working for 40 hours mm-hmm. it's a salary but i'm just sitting there on my butt doing nothing that's yeah. right but um back to your question here um it's it's hard to be honest um it it put it takes a toll on your um personal stuff too like I am I lived my life like a king for whole whole life like that. Money or no money may account. We were very content. But uh one day I went to groceries and I said my my credit cards are full. Uh my wallet is barely a 5 bucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, we only got $110 $120 to buy groceries. And I my wife was kind of she had, she was kind of worried, but I put a smile on my face like, "Come on. Let's go home and have a nice sleep." Yeah. Right. and next day something happened and i'll be honest you we have seen this kind of uh, um i will say a crisis smaller scale bigger scale so many times and every single time grew up saved us mm-hmm. every single time and this happens to everybody in the lifetime it's just a matter of realizing it well this was supposed to happen or this hardship came but you didn't feel the hardship you don't feel the hardship because grew up just helped you out right all right just do your nothing that's it yeah Yeah. That will help. 
having that faith can be really hard right. for some people. Just, just, just a nickname. Not, yeah. You don't have to... Um, that's everything else is extra. Mm-hmm. Five minutes in the morning. Let us have in the evening. So let us have before you go to bed. Yeah. Right? And re- regard every single person in the life you meet. Instead of looking at the, the, their uh, uh, bad habits or negatives, look at the positives. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. Yeah. Right? That's it. Rest, follow up. That, that's, that's, that's the story of my life. Right? Yeah. Um, so you did mention, we talked a little bit about having large companies, small companies, and you've mentioned your company is a medium-sized company, which is there's benefits to that. So what are the benefits of having a medium-sized company compared to having a larger company? Well, when we started, we were f- three, then went to five. And the Canadian company we have here, we have about, I will say, 17 or 19 employees. We just recently bought a company in the U.S., and now we had 250 employees in the U.S., right? Um, wow. <laughs> there's a benefit and there's a drawback to both. Um, I always believe that I'm, I'm made to run a big company. <laughs> so for running me a hard company like a corporation, a small company like, like a big corporation was really hard because yeah. um, those structures cost money mm-hmm. and the customer doesn't want to pay you that, yeah. right? And then you're making that small margin, but... Um, I think I'm God bless. I was focused. I didn't make mistakes. I maybe I lost, if not about a million and a half. Just for my my innovation mistakes, they call it. Mm-hmm. Try that. I'll try that. I'll try that. Right. Waste money here. Waste money there. Can yeah. you talk about some of those mistakes? Oh sure. We uh, six years ago, the idea came to my mind. Six or seven years ago, about that. Like, what's my what's my next ten years goal? I tried to think. I had five or ten years. And uh, although my family or my uh, personal uh, close family members doesn't support that, why are you wasting your money? I said, no, no, no. If you're not going to do that, I better go to my, back to my job. Right. right. Like, uh, why have this kind of business? And uh, even a guy who have a 10th uh, grade education, he can do the same stuff I'm going to do. So why even go in this business then? Right. Um, we, I have, uh, we started developing a new software about six, seven years ago. I got Amrit uh, Bhavirjian involved in that, and uh, I got few, I hired a few engineers in my shop, and we started developing the software. Then we hit a roadblock. Okay, now what? Then I realized that you know I'm not a software company. Mm-hmm. I got to stop right here, otherwise I'm gonna lose too much money. I've already spent about 400 grand by then, and now we stop right here. But that exercise gave me a was it was a learning curve for me. I learned so much. So when I started taking interviews of the companies, I knew exactly what I was looking for. And I found one of the best companies. Mm. Right? And now I use the software. They gave me the codes too. And uh, they are they even going to work with me in the near future to develop some of the new technologies too. Because you know, there's lots of uh, MRP programs, ERP programs for big companies, multi-million dollar companies, right? What does that mean, ERP? Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a manufacturing resource planning okay, or uh, enterprise resource planning. Okay. Like big companies, how do you link your... Uh, accounting, your uh, sales, right, right. your manufacturing, and then the manufacturing plants, the sales and manufacturing plants, your shipping, and after after sales call and stuff. But uh, there's none for a small company like us. Mm-hmm. This program, they have a million to start. Uh, plus the implementation in the two, three years. Right. I believe, you know, I need a program I can implement in one week. And believe me when I say that the program we implemented went two days. 
two days later we was running the pro uh, like running the shop um, back shop through the program and it just went flawless yeah like that's that's what's supposed to be there right mm-hmm. so and that's and this took i will say this cost me maybe more than half a million dollars yeah Yeah, no, no, you, you need a lot of expertise. 5 years, 10 years from now. For sure. Now, the good thing is that this, excuse me, the same program we're taking to the U.S. now. And that company, we do about $80 million U.S. dollars in sales. Right. Right. And hopefully, hopefully this will help us there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so during the first few years, um, and this kind of goes back to the hiring of software engineers and all that kind of stuff, just knowing how to hire. Uh, at, at the beginning, you were doing the sales, marketing, uh, creating all the products on your own. And then eventually, obviously, because of just time leverage and everything, you need to hire someone. Um, now you have a back-end, front-end team. What do you look for um, when hiring someone? What are the qualities you look for? Um, and what are the other characteristics do you see uh, about that person when hiring them? Personality, willingness to work, and somebody who's hungry. Mm-hmm. A lot of engineers, and uh, they have degrees on their back, but um, the brain—they don't have brain in their head. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest; you want to say that it might be too rude, but that's reality. Yeah. A lot of carpenters—they have 20 years experience, but uh, when they when you give them some job to do, you can tell this guy is worth nothing. Mm-hmm. Or the guy whose hand is really skilled—you pay him 10 bucks, or you pay him 20 bucks—he will give you the same kind of quality out. The guy is. A, I say it does a shitty job. You pay him eighty bucks, he still do a shitty job. Right. <laughs> It's a personality, yep. yeah. right? So that's what we look for. Like I had a guy I have, who works for me. His name is Paul. He's a master's in engineering, mm. and uh, he's a um, PNG also, and he has a six six month certified guy. And I hired him about a year and a half ago. He just came to my shop. He said, "Uncle, I'm looking for a job. This is my qualifications. Overqualified." Right. I says, "Get on the bus. We'll find some job for you. No problem." Yeah. Because. I'm looking for the team. Yeah. Right. For a year and a half, I'll be paying him 70, 80 grand a year, and we're not making full use of it now. His will be useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he has those things which I don't have it. Right. 40 years experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. And kitchen industry, right? Implementation of MRP programs, writing their own programs. He's good at that. So, personalities. Yeah. The willingness to work and the hunger for the job. And I think uh, by that example, you can see from a person like that, if he has like, you mentioned 40 years, right? Yeah, he has 40 yeah, years. Yeah, 40 years of experience. And He's 60 right now, in so. the industry, he probably could have gotten, like in other parts, he probably could have gotten even higher. But he was he was willing to work there. He wanted to work there. Yeah, last year, uh, actually last year in Christmas time, we had a, uh, uh, excuse me, a lunch for the, for the company. And he brought it up. He said, guys, I'm here because this is family. I'm divorced. My daughter is all married. I'm all alone. I have a dog. I enjoy coming to work. Even on Saturdays, I'm not supposed to be. I still come here. Yeah. And that meant a lot to me also. Like, this is like a culture in the company. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really important, company culture. Yeah. yeah. How do you actually... Yeah. In, in, in any job, like um, when, you, when a young kid they're looking for a job, just, just don't go for money. Look for the company culture. And what are, what are the growth prospects in the company? Can you grow in this company? Mm-hmm. Who's your boss? And what's the culture of the company? Money is secondary. Yeah. Because if you don't like to go to work, you're getting bored out there and that's what supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter, she has a co-op term and she's working for a Canadian uh, food agencies testing some software. Oh, she hates her job. Yeah. <laughs> Because they took almost, I don't know, maybe six weeks just to give her a badge. I'm sitting there like this. 
doing nothing. Yeah. And that's why I actually, um, especially in software, and you mentioned she was in computer science, um, especially in software, I, I realized working at a smaller company at the start of your career helps a lot. Um, yes, if you work in a bigger company, the the name brand is there and all that. But when you're working at a smaller company, you get access to a lot of skills right off the bat. True. Very true. Um, and so I think that helps. Yeah. Um, but going back to company culture, as you mentioned it, there was how do you cultivate that company culture so that um, someone working for you has that kind of drive as well? Or do you look at look at it from the forefront, as you mentioned? Or do you uh, cultivate it in people? I will say I'm lucky. Okay. Uh, I will say like um, uh, the horse behaves upon the rider. Right. Um, if the rider is, is, is not the right person, the horse not, the horse not going to run it fast. Right. Um, who's at the top of the company? He's the one who defines the culture of the company. Mm-hmm. Right. My, like I, my, my father taught me not to yell. Not to say stupid word, F word at all. And when I came, I opened my company, and the bad guys, they won't listen unless you yell. And I told my wife, this is not me, man. I can't do it. Yeah. Right? And I kept my pace. And uh, right now, if I get mad, I go in the, I just walk in the back, I'm quiet, everybody knows the boss is mad. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't yell. And that culture, I had, I had a guy in the back, um, uh, Chinese-Canadian, he used to swear a lot. And we had two ladies working in the back. So I, I fired him because of that. I said, guys, come on, this is not my culture. Wow. This is not something I'm going to tolerate. Simple. Right? It doesn't matter. So I think from the top to bottom, that's all I can say. Yeah. So if you want to search your company, search who's the, who's the boss and who's the boss's boss. That defines the company. Wow. Yeah. And you've mentioned in the past that you do like to hire young people. Why is that? Um, they're more energetic. They have a career to build. Like I have one of my one of my um, employees. He started with me eight years ago, and he just walked in. He said, "Boss, I'm looking for a job." I said, "Okay, what's the status?" Well, I don't have my work permit yet, but I'm, I just got married. I told him I don't hire uh, cash on people on cash. He said, "I'm desperate. It's a matter of week, week and a half." I said, "How about this? Come back week and a half from now. We'll talk then." He came back week and a half. I said, "This guy's hungry." He says, I got my license, I, here's my card, number, uh, my SIN number and stuff. I said, okay, sure, start. I used to pay him, I think it was 11 bucks that time, minimum pay. Yeah. And three years later, this guy was my foreman in the back. Wow. Right now, he's making 100 grand plus. Wow. Because he's young, he's very loyal, and he belongs to one of the richest families from India, but uh, he wants to make, uh, like, he's living out of, by hard work, he got his own house here, and uh, he didn't borrow any money from his dad. He came to the boss and did a loan. Okay, for what? I need to buy a house. I said, sure, I'll help you out. Uh, that's the way he is. Right. And um, so young. When you're age of 40, 45 like me, you're you already, already burned out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you're looking for 15 years of that, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that fire in the belly is gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and uh, it also depends. Um, some young kids, um, I, I would say it's a hit, hit and miss kind of thing. If you like, if I just hired a, a year, two years ago, I hired a kid. He's from a college here, and he's looking to get his, his, his permanent residency here. And my foreman came to him, boss, I knew this kid needs a permanent, permanent PR card. I said, well, sure, I'll apply for him. So I did that. And I paid for the fees, everything like that. 
And the day he got his residency, a week later, he, he walked away. Oh, wow. He just used you. I, I trained for two years. My and he, I'm paying him full money. Like, uh, he used to get 22 bucks an hour at that time, right? And uh, he just walked away. I said, well, my, and the next, uh, next guy came in. So my former said, we're not hiring you. We're not going to hire you guys. I said, well, he came. I said, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's same. Just yeah. hire him, right? Uh, he he will be next from now. He will be one of my lead guys too in the back. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you oh. mentioned about your like you just said it right now with youth. They can be it's a hit and miss. And you mentioned with your daughter, she's at a job where she she doesn't really like it, and sure. that's something common that we see within our own friends in our generation. Yeah. People that we meet of our age is that compared to our parents like for example our parents they came to this country in survival mode with very little money and um you know with nothing basically and for them they had to see their job as a job and this is just a way to make money and they didn't ever think about the fact that is this job making me happy and we have this luxury we're very privileged because of the hard work that our parents did that we're able to think about am i happy in this job you mentioned your daughter not being happy in her job. What would you say to a young person like your daughter who's not happy in her job? Look at those people who have no jobs. Look at those people who are begging on the money on the roads. Mm-hmm. least your kids are fortunate enough. You have cars underneath, under your butt. Right? You're fortunate you have a food on the table. Mm-hmm. And you have a parent's shoulders to cry on if it needs to be. Yeah. I appreciate and thank you. If you can't appreciate what you got, one day you're going to fall off. Mm-hmm. Just appreciate. The exact same with my daughter. Stay, stay put. Appreciate. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it. How can somebody like your daughter or the, the other youth who are struggling with their work, how can they change their mindset? Like, how should they be thinking instead? Like, well, One thing is um, um, they need to talk to their bosses first. Not all, not all the companies are bad. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's a miscommunication. Or sometimes yeah. you need to ask. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to ask, you're not going to know. Mm-hmm. The worst case scenario is no. Yeah. Yeah. You need to talk to your boss, guys. Um, let's say, for instance, um, you hire me. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, something, okay, you thought you gave me the best. But I thought, you know, this is boring for me. I, I go to you. I say, hey, boss, I need something better than this. Mm-hmm. I'm made for it. You definitely give me a raise. That's why I got mine. When I used to work a partner with me in Canada, right? And they hired me as a designer. Mm-hmm. A fresh graduate. And they used to want to convert all the manual drawings for the aircraft engines into a CAD program. Yeah. Right? And just them, Katia just came in. And they trained me. And they took my interview. There were 80, 80 some odd uh, um, people who applied for it. They hired only six. I was one of that. Scottish company. All white people. I'm the only brown guy with a beard on it. <laughs> I'm with a turban too. And uh, so joined the company. Right yeah, joined <laughs> the company. And that's what I'm talking about. And uh, during those uh, first two years, I ran into some issues within my, um, within my job. My, my senior guy made some mistakes in designs. And I found the mistake, but I didn't have the guts to say to him, well, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. So I approached him diplomatically in the, in the morning. I said, well, in the meeting, I want to name anybody else. I said, guys, boss, I think I made a mistake. Can you please check this for me? Just double check my calculations. He checked it. He says, oh, hold on. He took the phone, 
called somebody in the testing phase, stop the testing, we need to double check something else. They came back, I think a week later in the meeting, they gave me a promotion. Sankar, you approached very diplomatically, had this not be caught at this stage, would be catastrophic in, 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 the, in the test phase. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As, you need to speak up. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's always a struggle in the beginning because you don't want to offend anybody else though. Yeah. It's, it's a diplomatic challenge. Yeah. It's like a juggling things, right? Yeah. yeah. You got to be comfortable enough, you got to make your boss comfortable too. Right? Yeah. Never cut them short. Yeah. I, th I had similar experience with, uh, um, it was a company I was working for and uh, I was doing actually the same thing. I was doing a testing uh, position. What's your background? Uh, software engineering. Software. Yeah. Um, and so I was working for a company called Ericsson mm -hmm. um, and they were doing testing and I didn't really want to do the testing portion. So for eight months, I was telling, I kept telling my like boss on the review. Must be boring. Eh? Oh, <laughs> it was really boring. Like it was, it was to a point where, cause the rest of the people, they kind of got in the groove of it. Right. And so they would do like uh, eight test cases. I would do like 16, right? Cause they were physical test cases. Right. And uh, regardless, it, it got to a point where I was like, I want to program, I want to make a product. So eventually they're, just came an opportunity and they, yeah. they allowed you. So you just got to keep pushing. I think that that's the, it's the a, really accepting that it may not be your time yet, but yes. when it's going to yeah. come, it's going to come. Yeah. Stay sincere. Mm -hmm. You're getting paid for sitting there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? That's true. And so put your best effort. That's it. Yeah. Right. I like that. Um, so going back to, I guess like different career paths, um, Today's youth, there's a lot of pressure from parents as well. Like, you, there's this constant theme in our in our culture. I feel like there's engineer, doctor, lawyer. You have to go into these three <laughs> professions, yep. right? Yeah. And, <laughs> right. And uh, uh, thankfully, I didn't get that pressure. It just happened. They, my parents, I guess, I got lucky for having parents like that. Yeah. But uh, they got lucky just because I wanted to go into this <laughs> profession, right? Um, but at the same time, what, what would you tell... Uh, any youth that wants to go into the trades, how does he, uh, he or she explain to their parents uh, if they want to go into the profession? How should they approach it? Um, yeah, what would be your advice on that? Because they say, like, money's in the trades right now, you know? Okay, it's it's just a tough sell. Yeah. Um, especially, uh, let's say, uh, parents who came from India, who struggle a lot, they want to see the best for their kids. The first thing that comes to their mind is engineers, doctors. That's the reality. But you don't need to be an engineer to make money. Choose a career path which you, which in which you can excel, which you love to do. I'm, um, I'm, I was born an engineer, basically. My father, and, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's from Indian Air Force, he was an engineer too. That, and my brother, he was, he was doing engineering too. It's just in my bloodlines too, right? Yeah. And I used to, I love to build things. Today, if you, if you come to my shop, and uh, I'm always experimenting on new machines, mm. right? I will, I will waste 10 grand a year at least on making this machine, that machine. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can still can come, to, you come to my shop tomorrow, you see yeah. on one of my, um, uh, top of my, my spray booths, all machinery parts, <laughs> right? Because that's me. Yeah. I still do it, right? It, it got to be your passion. Number two, um, you need to talk to your parents. Open up. It's, it's not that parents are the monsters, right? And that's not like we guys, we think the best for the kids. That's yeah. all parents are. Yeah. It's, it's a communication issue. Like I, uh, my daughter, she, she wants to do 
I think it was a few months back, she came up, I want to um, become a, uh, I want to go to movies and, and become a director on this kind of stuff. I said, sure. Finish this thing first, then you move on. Yeah. I'm not going to stop you, anything. If I can think, uh, if I believe that I can hold her from her, um, hold her neck and uh, tell her to do this or that, that's not going to happen. Right. Right. So I, I well, is there's no guarantees that my daughter will become a Gursik one day. All I can yeah. do is guide them. Guide them, show them a path, and do her dust. Rest is up to Guru Sahib. Yeah. Right? A lot of kids, they're born in a household where with earnings are not right away. Like, for instance, they're not going to the Sikhis, right? But the kids are really Gursikhs. Yeah. Or they're on the right path. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Gursikhs, and within our say, within our Panjabi, say our things too. But, but our kids are somewhere else. Yeah. That's the reality, right? Yeah. What I'm trying to say, the whole scenario is. Uh, uh, Stop judging people around. Don't judge your kids, first of all. Mm-hmm. Become the best friends. I'm, we have been lucky, I and my wife, we've been really lucky, to be honest, that uh, we both are the best friends for our kids. Mm-hmm. They open up. There's not a single thing they hide from us. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm talking reality, practically, because some conversation we have within our family, I, I put my finger like this, oh man, I'm not hitting this one. <laughs> but they open up. That's yeah. where they are. Yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where they are. Like, that's a true yeah. testament when you have yeah. to close your ears. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. telling you too much. Yeah, yeah. No, like my, my son went to uh, um, <laughs> when he went to high school, and my daughter and her best friend, uh, she like one daughter to me too, and they were sitting in the back. So, you're going to school tomorrow. Yep. Watch it. I'm not gonna say it here, but. We'll give you this on your head if you do this, this, this. this. <laughs> I said, come on, man. I'm sitting here, Dad. Come on. You know it. Come on. <laughs> you got to have the open dialogue with your kids. Definitely. Right? Um, do trust your parents, too. They're not, uh, they're not thinking. They're not evil parents. They, they want your best. Mm-hmm. But just show them this. This is another path, too. Right? Like, I will accent this field because I love it. And if everybody becomes engineers and doctors, then who's going to become a plumber or electrician? Yeah. yeah. Right? Exactly. And it's, a, it's a, also a duty of our parents too that uh, see the best in the kid. Don't force them down their throats. Mm-hmm. It's not going to help them. Yeah. There's a lot of, lot of uh, engineers, a lot, lot of kids uh, who have taken the degrees, but after taking the degrees, just have a degree in their hand, nothing else. Mm-hmm. And the career, they're zero. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Agree? Yeah. I got my degrees. I'm working as a carpenter. How about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where the degree goes? Agreed. Yeah. Right? Like I'm a uh, last company we took over and then I had a few of my subordinates, they were MBA guys. So I thought, holy shit, I need to do my MBA degree. So at age of 47, 49, I'm doing my MBA now. Wow. So you get my point? Like there's nothing stopping you. Yeah. yeah. My father was forcing me to do my MBA like 20 years ago. I was like, I'm doing it. No, I'm doing it. <laughs> You're doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. I'm at McGill University, right? Now. Nice. <laughs> wow. So it all depends, yeah. right? <laughs> you'd be saying, you'd be like, okay, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> so they, like, trust your parents. Open the dialogue. Yeah. They are your friends. They're not the enemies. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say, right? Yeah, um, for sure. Well, you mentioned opening the dialogue. This is something that I've struggled with on both sides of the family, with the in-laws and uh, parents as well. Right. Is that getting them to stop working so hard 
Like they they have it ingrained in them. I, I feel like sometimes they think that they're still in the 1990s and they're still in survival mode, even though they've built such a great life and they've made all this money. They have like they give their cars, uh, their kids cars at like age 16. Each kid has their own car and big house and all of that. But they're still working so, so hard. How can we as their children help them realize that they're not in survival mode anymore? How do you turn that off? <laughs> I will say nearly impossible. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's how I feel. It's impossible. They don't stop. I've been, um, like, when I came here, I was all alone. Mm-hmm. And I, I came to study. I stayed with my cousins for three years. I remember that. And uh, we used to have a good, good business in India at that time. And uh, the business went down. My brother died. And he left behind three daughters. I was the youngest in my family. So I, all the burden fell on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. So I worked hard. And I used to work uh, from 11 at night till about 6 o'clock in the morning. And then 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock to my, to my college. And um, so I used to sleep first. I used to sleep first at least two periods. <laughs> Still got my good GPA, God blessed. But uh, um, when my daughter went into the universities, right? And because I already had education from the back. I've never worked in a, in a labor job at all, not, not my whole life. Mm-hmm. So I can understand, okay, now now's the time to take off, right? But your point is, it's hard for them. Mm-hmm. All you can show them is, guys, okay, we are the fruit of your labor. So let's sit. Let's set up your retirement plan. How can we help you guys? Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's what, only retirement is the one of the word. You put in the head, they might listen to you guys. <laughs> That's, That's really that, good advice, actually. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise they're not going to listen to you. Yeah. Um, they set up their own way, my way, the highway. That's the way it is. Yeah. And it's very hard to convince. I'm not, I'm not kidding. My own dad, mm-hmm. when he came here, I said, like, what do you need to work for? All the money you're making, you're putting in your account, I'm taking some penny home from you. Yeah. But what do you need the money for? Mm-hmm. He won't stop. He won't stop. He built the empire in India. He started buying land of the land of the land. Yeah. When he died, my brother, he's starting alcohol. He burned half of the land in two years. How about that? Wow. So his life, the last 15 years of life, he wasted buying land. My brother burned the land in two years. How about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, you, you tell them, guys, um, it's the end of the line. We are now, it's our time to take over. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And you take, you take a back seat. That, that's the important part as well. As long as they know that uh, who, if they're passing it on and it's like kind of stable, I feel like they they um, uh, at least it happens to me because I can see that m- my dad will look at me and he's like, okay, I don't know if he has it yet, mm-hmm. you know. And there's a lot of things that I don't have, mm-hmm. so it's like, like he's like, you didn't change the oil on the car for like a month, like when are you gonna learn these things? And so there's certain things that like you have to start picking up, I guess. And then once you've yeah. kind of like picked yeah, you, it up for a you while, you need to participate more, also. Yeah. Yeah. Like um. We clean our houses daily. Went to the kids. I'm not in the mood. When we, when we were a kid, we never dare say to them about parents. We get one slap on the head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're not in the mood. <laughs> Come on, man. You, you get my point? It's true. It's so true. So yeah. it's, I think if, if the kid, your young generation step up, to, step up too, right? Yeah. I understand that also. Like my, my father's getting old. My parents are getting old. And uh, we need to grow up too. Mm-hmm. Right? We need to become parents now. Yeah. Because as you, as um, we guys reach age of sixty or sixty-five plus, our body kind of winds down, but brain doesn't, mm-hmm. right? It's like a, it's like a kid now. 
Mm-hmm. But you need to become a parent at that time. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that's that's where I see. Right. right. Yeah. The more older we become, more cranky we become. <laughs> so one thing that's really cool about you is that you are a pilot. I think a lot of people were really curious about that. Like, how did you get into <laughs> it, it? You mentioned it a little bit that it's in your family. So how did you get into it here? Like what made you come to Canada and be like, I want to pursue my pilot's license? And uh, how do you use it today? When I used to, uh, when I was a kid, I studied in a boarding school, by the way. And uh, my father was posted that time uh, in uh, Assam, on border of uh, China, Tibet. So I used to go and stay with him for two, two, two months a year, that's it. And that's all I used to see my parents, two months a year. Ten months I used to be in boarding school. Mm-hmm. So I used to see all the flying jets all over the place. So one day I'm going to fly this one. One day I'm going to fly this one. That's it. <laughs> so I, I joined uh, NCC um, cadets um, um, and when I was young. They, they trained me how to do a parachute jumping, a parasailing. And how to fly. I got um, some glider lessons, uh, power flying lessons in India. Came to Canada here, started working. About six, seven years ago, I was stressed out. Coming back, coming back from Orangeville, I saw a small Cessna 172 flying. And I saw him landing. And I saw some red rooftops. I drove right in there. And uh, when I entered there, there was a guy named Charlie uh, Rampula. He was a CFI. He's a boss there, and I knew him personally. I never knew he was a flight instructor too. So oh, so, sorry. So you just happened to go there and meet this person that you already knew? Yes. Oh, wow. So, okay. What's what are you doing here? I said, well, Charlie, I'm here. I want to get my flying skills back, back up. Huh. So he um, gave me the trainings. He got me, got me hooked up. Six months later, I got my license, and uh, I got my uh, private pilot lessons on PPL. And uh, then I got my twin ratings um, for uh, twin engines. I got my night ratings. I got my instrument flight rules ratings. And weekly I bought my aircraft. Wow. <laughs> was, well, because I couldn't, um, there's none for rent and stuff. I just bought it. I said, yeah, let's buy one. I bought a twin engine. Cash. Yeah. yeah. It's just so a I went casual to Ottawa purchase. And I took Charlie with me. I said, Charlie, let's go then. Ottawa. I found an aircraft. Let's go there. We both uh, took an airline to go there and saw the aircraft. Paid him money. Flew back up. On the way, man, I called my insurance company in the morning. I need insurance. Oh, you can't get the insurance. What? You need 60 hours minimum on this aircraft. Sure. Let's go to Vancouver. So we've, uh, Charlie, um, um, I, and, and the things where we went, flew to Vancouver to get some out of this route from there. Oh, wow. Right? And we brought that up. We got, um, and after that, we flew to the uh, U.S. a few times to get me 60 hours. He got a 60 hours, got my insurance, stopped flying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this year I didn't fly much because I'm this uh, new. Uh, I was buying new businesses and stuff. But uh, last year or year before that, I almost flew three, four hundred hours a year. I flew a lot actually, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the company we have, we, bought, we had an office in Virginia also. I used to fly once or twice every week, mm-hmm. right? Straight from the Kitchener, land there to my office, three and a half hours to my office. That's it. Wow. That's all it took. So I flew a lot. That's my uh, hobby, to be honest. And then you, you said that you do it, like you did it to bring the modest through. So you use it for Seva as well. Like Yes, yes, yeah, definitely. I Even those things insist all the time that let's take a regular airline or a car because of fuel saving and stuff. It's like, come on, God gave us. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not only that, uh, that we only show off or so. It's more for, okay, the, everybody has their own perspective to see things. 
if, if, if a lot of young kids say, okay, the sins come in your craft, if they can achieve this thing, why can't we? Mm-hmm. It's an inspiration from it's some people. It's definitely inspirational, yeah. And I said, well, we can burn the money somewhere else. This, I think, is the better way to do it, too. And I've seen that. Like, um, when I fly, I fly with my open beard. And uh, when I land there in the U.S., especially, like, the customer officers, they see me once. And they, the next time they meet me, it's a different story. I used to fly Virginia. I'll tell you this uh, small instance we had twice, actually. First time, I, I used to work in the U.S. Um, I started my business in the U.S. And uh, I, forgot, I forgot my passport there mm-hmm. in, my, in my apartment in the U.S. Came back to Canada. I have a can pass. So they don't ask my passport. I landed there, called my immigration, went straight to my house. On the way back, and um, I landed. The officer came in the front. Hey, Mr. Dillon. Yeah, hi. Oh, sorry, what? I forgot my passport. Then I remember, oh, it's still here. He let me go. They would never do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They would never ever do that. The yeah. second time, I and my wife both forgot passports. <laughs> 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 so let them go through. Because <laughs> wow. they remember you, right? Yeah. They yeah. remember you. Like the, I always believe that Sikhi, your Dastar, your Damala, or your Dara Sahib, is just making your strength, not your weakness. Mm-hmm. Right. I think... If you get over that uh, inferiority complex, this becomes your strength. There are some people don't like you. Oh, don't like me. I don't care. Yeah. I am who I am, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to get in line. I don't care. Right. It's true. Yeah. And we were talking offline as well. And I think it's a, it's a very important thing to understand that uh, sometimes you don't even realize you have the yeah. inferior, exactly. uh, inferiority complex. Uh, you don't realize that you feel inferior to someone, right? Um, it's only after some interactions or somebody points it out that, listen, this is how you're feeling. You're actually feeling less than that, a person um, yeah. that you realize it. Oh, yeah. Another common thing comes during the workplaces too is a racism, right? I believe in my, um, and I've, I'm talking from experience, 90% of people we, I have met, they're not racist. Yeah. They just haven't seen a Sikh before. Even, I think we, as a, not I'm talking about us persons here, I'm talking about as an Indian community, are more racist than white people. Mm-hmm. How we treat our, our servants in India? Like piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I, I came, to, I'll tell you one small story. Uh, I was just, my village is from near Ludhiana in Punjab. And uh, we have farmland there. And I used to visit them during my, my vacations or holidays. So I came back and I was there. And um, the, my mom and dad, they hired laborers to dig some well in the front of the house. It was for our toilet seats and stuff, right? It's like a right. sewerage. Yeah. And the poor guys with lunchtime and my mom was serving the food. They're sitting on the floor, on the bare floor, and the rotis in the hand. And she put in dal in the, in, uh, in, in the, on the rotis. I walked in. I said, "Mom, stop!" I got the bed. Oh, sorry, uh, a manja or a small bed for them. Yeah. A small table in the front, and I got the plates out and gave it to them. I said, right. "Come on, man! They're the human, for God's sake!" Yeah. They both people start crying right there. He says, "He says, Sadarji, fifteen years, we never been treated like this." I said, "That's racist, man." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like who are we, right? Yeah. At least these gory people, they don't, they don't do that to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. If you, if you guys, uh, if any kid or young young guy, he's doing uh, his, his work or anywhere else, you see a guy, they feel like he's ignoring them or being racist to them, right? Open a dialogue. Mm-hmm. What's supposed to happen? Yeah. Say no, or they can walk off, mm-hmm. then what? Yeah. Right? Open a dialogue. 
meet them twice thrice they will come up mm-hmm. like i used to work for a company in a, in a scrabble uh, at my at my co-op town and uh, i used to go in the morning at, at my uh, to my shop in the back and my foreman guy was he's i would say he was arrested he was arrested good morning he would he looks to me and walks off and one day he gave me a uh, one job to do some car i need your help what this machine is a planer machine it, it makes the dies okay run it for me i'm just going to catch some coffee come back okay so i was standing there watching the machine and all of a sudden i see the flares coming from the bottom metal 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 is touching metal mm-hmm. i said okay i don't know what to stop now where to stop by the time he came running he pressed the e stop button and uh, damage was done my so my boss came in came down he said what the hell happened here so i took a blame on myself and next morning he's waiting in the door for me to be greeted me in the morning and he became one of my best friends he taught me real engineering on the on how how to do real stuff on the field mm-hmm. wow how about that the thing is uh, we are on guru ke sik right we need to open up right and uh, that's it all about nothing else a lot of, you find a lot of people in, in, in your lifetime mm-hmm. who hate you or you see you think they hate you mm-hmm. but they're more curious mm-hmm. or yeah. they're more afraid yeah rather than being racist right yeah. this is in the talk they right? they always say you fear uh, what you don't understand exactly and yeah. when you fly talk to you guys right by you mm-hmm. open up yeah talk to the pilot who or talk to the and anybody you meet they will know then next time they meet somebody else then then they will shake hands Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they think you're they're going to offend you like even yeah. with at work I always see especially women of African cultures they're always curious about the dastar because they it's in their culture too they wear the turbans and yeah. they're always like how do you tie that like oh sorry did I offend you they're always like yeah. thinking that they're yeah. offending you by asking you those types of questions it's like, like ask me whatever you want every culture is different right yeah like we punjab is a different culture some if you go to quebec the different cultures mm-hmm. if you go to south africa different culture you go to go to us south us is different culture Western US is totally Midwest is totally different culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. and those two guys won't talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even not in that. Like when I say I have a company in Virginia and there's a big river there, right? We call them uh, uh, East and West. The guy from the West won't come to the East to the job. Oh, mm-hmm. the other, this other side of the river. We're not, we're not going there to get our jobs done. Oh, How God. about that? Wow. Mm-hmm. Right. So the 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 US business is related to the cabinetry or Yes, we all kitchen cabinets, yeah. It's all Okay, so th- you traveled there and like do you bring back equipment or like No, no. Um we have a manufacturing in US. Oh, okay. We're manufacturing here also. Oh, okay, got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh going back to kind of uh the pilot um kind of uh topic, you what do you like about being a uh pilot? What do you love about it? What do you dislike about it? Um what what you have been like so encouraging some of the youth to get their pilot pilot license you've been <laughs> telling them to get their pilot license um discouraging w- money <laughs> <laughs> the fuel it, the fuel it burns an hour yeah. it burns a hole in your pocket okay <laughs> fair enough wow but you can buy a smaller aircraft you don't have to buy the big jets right so yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your reasoning for that why why are you encouraging um certain youth just to get their um, license when i travel uh, and uh, when the those immigration officers on the aircraft uh, airport um, um, workers working there uh, they see a guy a sea guy with a beard and uh, with the aircraft owner or a pilot it changed their perspectives right and that's first thing i i, I personally seen that right and secondly is um, um they got to uh, i think their thinking got changed 
the people I met, uh, they're thinking of change in the sense, okay, these guys with the brown skin and turbans here, they're pretty well off guys too. And honestly, in this world, perceptions does matter. That's what they see us, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got the beard, he must be uneducated. Very small instance. And I was I picked some things from Mr. Gordara almost 15 years ago. I used to work, no, more than that. I used to work in New York at that time, right? I told them I just came from New York. Oh, you, you, you drive a truck there? So I asked them one question. What do you make you think about drive a truck? Yeah. Open beer and Damala must be a truck driver. Right. Why can't we become an engineer? Why can't we own other companies? Mm-hmm. Why can't we be a president of whatever? Yeah. Right? That's the perception. Even my dad used to say, Uncle, you should tie your beard. People will judge you this way. I said, no, no, no. We got to change their perceptions. Mm-hmm. That's when I become pilots. Why not? Right? We are Guru Kissing, right? Somebody yeah. like um, another thing asked me, Uncle, how come you drive Mercedes? I said, well, we are, we are Shah Shah Hakepata, right? We are uh, sons of Guru Gobind Singh. We are not going to drive a donkey here. We are going to have Godes, man. Like, mm-hmm. We need to drive something good, right? Definitely. Right? That's why I believe. And Guru Sahib Guru gave everything, right? So Yeah. yeah that's important. I think that's the biggest thing. It's just not mistaking it in terms of, uh, it's not not having the luxurious items, but it's knowing that it's not yours and it's going to go away and who gave it to you. Once you keep that in mind, it's always transient. Yeah. Some people like it's it's two sides of the coin too. Like you gotta live you gotta live within your means also, right? Yes, um, that's the truth also. And I let, I do encourage my youth uh, getting into a, a pilot business because uh, I'm, I'm I'm in this business. I had a plans to uh, actually I just signed an LOI about a few months back to buy an aircraft liner here. Uh, they had seventeen aircrafts. I later backed out. Yeah, because I don't think that's my forty rate. I'm I'm not ready yet to buy any airlines. Yeah. And, uh, but um, the young kids get together, right? And uh, they become pilots. They want to open their own airlines. Why not? Mm-hmm. A very my my insp- inspiring story is to Jit Barbara from Skylink Express. And we're pretty close. We talk a lot about uh, his struggles in business. Aerospace business is is purely. Uh, rather than not starting to racist, is, is white people business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I see a Bronson guy, stay at arm's length. Mm-hmm. He told me the first day he went into this business and he wanted to do a business, an Italian guy, that's almost 20 years ago, or maybe more than that, he said. Um, he said, well, I don't do business with the Bronson guys. He told me that day I made my mind, I'm going to buy this guy one day. And 17 years later, he bought his company out. Wow. Determination. Wow. I went a lot of struggles. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't go through that. I'll be yeah. honest with you. I would have walked off long way ahead of long yeah. ago. But he went through that. The, like, the struggles. Definitely. I think I believe that I'm clearing, trying to clear some of those hurdles, so these things will have easy path in. Yeah. Why not? Definitely. Right? Yeah. Is there anything you dislike about being a pilot? Oh, other than the fuel burn, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm honestly, when I'm stressed out, I crank my aircraft, I go in the air. Mm-hmm. You go to the north, you see, the, see those trees, you just you fall in love. That's what do you it. feel when you go up there? Nature. Yeah. One to one with nature. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. It. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so being a business owner, like going back to the business owning, or even maybe even as a pilot, did you ever face any issues at work that didn't align with your sick key? Because one thing that youth are struggling with is, 
Um, I mean, there's this weird thing that people keep saying about balancing Sikhi with work. And that's kind of our purpose of the podcast, too, is to kind of show the youth that there is no balance between Sikhi. There's Sikhi and then there's uh, everything else around it. Exactly. And you you mold your work and your school and everything around Sikhi. What would you say to a young professional, young students about why is it important to maintain your Sikhi over a career advancement or higher pay or a better job? Did you ever experience Anything where you were given the option to make more money, but maybe it was dishonest or unethical. What were those choices like for you? Um, when I used to work for a, a credit corporation in Pontiac in the U.S., um, I was a lead engineer uh, for developing their new uh, programs. And uh, one of the requirements, uh, not written in the rules, go for lunch and intermingle, get the knowledge. And those guys, they, they take a shots and a beard and stuff. And I never used to go on those lunches that time. Biggest struggle, no doubt. But I kept my, you know what, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, because you got to find a, uh, some beacon in your life. What's wrong, what's right? I always say, everything is false. The only truth is a guru sahib or your death. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. Um, two truths in the life. Nothing else is true. So if I say, okay, I feel like this. Now who says who's wrong, who's right? Guru Sahib says, you're wrong, you're right. Otherwise, even the thief is saying, he's thinking I'm doing something right. Mm -hmm. If he thinks he's doing wrong, he, he won't do it. Mm -hmm. right. right? I'm doing for living and for my kids. That's not true. Mm -hmm. Right? So make Guru Granth Sahib, Guru Sahib your beacon. If you can't understand Guru Granth Sahib, Guru Bani, not a big deal. Guru Guru ke Singh. I I two hundred percent believe. Even you don't understand Guru Gurbani, just uh, do ardas, deep from your heart, and Guru Sahib speaks physically, and he will speak right through you guys. Because otherwise, um, you don't you don't want to do anything else which is against the Sikhi in um, in your career. Mm -hmm. Right? There's a minimums. You don't cross the line. Mm -hmm. And then the maximum, you can go anywhere there. One thing for sure, I will say that um, to, to become a, let's say if you do a nit name and uh, you become a Babeki um, Singh or you become a, let's say, a Chardikala Singh, they call it. I don't think that exists. There a lot of Singhs, uh, the Babeki Singhs and the Chardikala Singhs, and they're still doing their business. Right, and it all depends on what kind of business they're doing. In also, like if the business uh, is requiring traveling a lot, and that singer is going to have his his um, hard time doing his babek, and the, how do you balance that? Right, it all depends on their personal stuff. One thing in the in a, in a girlfriend life is I keep telling these young kids also that there's ups and downs. Mm -hmm. There's not a single sing in his life I have met. Or we can say like this always goes up and up. There will be roadblocks. You can fall off, get up again, walk, fall off, and get up again. The key is when you fall, are you ready to get up mm -hmm. or not? That's the key. That's the fight that we talk about, right? Panjaput extreme fight we talk about. That's all we're talking about. Yeah. There have been opportunities in my life. Like, um, um, the, I'll, I'll talk one more thing. Um, um, they say that uh, you need to have a partner at a Gorsek. 
my partners in the US are Jewish and I have another guy who's a, uh, who's a Punjabi guy he's, uh, he's a Mona but he had the quality is better than a lot of six how about that mm-hmm. right and uh, when I met those Jewish peoples and um, they ran the company for 40 years the company was up for sale 100% for sale I met him in person and after the meeting he says Ankar what if we keep back 20% from you we'd like to become your partners I said, well, why? He said, well, I met a Sikh before. I had I heard about Sikh before, but I met you first time. I only heard some vibrations. I said, I'm not even, even a proper Sikh. He really asked me, right? But I I I saw more Guru Sahib in him than myself, right? And believe it, sir, I, uh, this guy, he was, he's very open day one on. And we are looking forward to this big merger of two companies, right? The thing is, I'm talking about is um, Guru Sahib isn't everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guru Sahib made the chores Guru Sahib made the sadhus now who the hell are we to judge mm-hmm. that's the way I see it mm-hmm. right that's the way I see it like everything is made by Guru Sahib when this bitter world is made by Guru Sahib it's just, it's just, you just need an eye for it yeah, right. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a tough question you ask to be honest yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's hard to balance but at the same time guidance should be Guru Sahib mm-hmm. right like, yeah. and like you shouldn't be going out to the wrong places no doubt Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, even if you work to man it, let go of the work. If you work to man something, let's say selling cigarettes and stuff, let go of the work. Mm-hmm. Guru will find something else. My brother-in-law is a good case, and he used to have a um, gas station. Hell of a guy, like a very humble guy, and we assume uh, like talk a lot, very close to each other. But I never eat, ate a food in his house. I said, well, I can't because. Your uh, earnings are not right, right? I was a young kid too, and uh, I will say uh, I wasn't matured enough. But at the same time, maybe Kursa made me that way. One day I went to meet him, and he didn't have his city sub on him. I said, What's going on? I said, Well, I uh, recycle beer bottles here, and I can see some uh, some of those uh, um, uh, like beer spills on, on my gatra too, right? So I took it off. I said, How about your beer? This belongs to Kursa, take it off too then. That hit him. I just said it without thinking twice. It was so wrong for me to say that. But it hit it. All right in spot. Two weeks later, he called me. I sold my gas station. Wow. So what? I didn't care. That thing killed me, he said. He's blessed one now. Yeah. yeah. Like he's, uh, he's got a house, everything. He's, he's his blessed one. It's, it, I, I always believe if I was rude that time, maybe Gursa made me rude to him. Mm-hmm. Because that's, what he, that's all he's going to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So even like um, I, I was um, this long time ago, I was in Scarborough that time. It's in 19, I think 1993, 1994. And um, Santa Noob Singh came to the Afro Kirtan. And I used to live with my cousins and the young kids. I used to tell all, Santa is coming, Santa is coming, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And um, so the youngest, youngest one, he said, I said, Uncle, are you going to, are you going to go there to listen to the Santa? Are you, are, you, are you going to go there to listen to the Kirtan? Hit me right there. So true. Mm-hmm. I was going to see, going there to see, hear the sant, not the, not the kirtan, right? Yeah. yeah. So th- sometimes, doesn't matter who says what, yeah. there's the wisdom behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Gurusab does that. Not us, not me, not you, right? Yeah. There's this uh, story, actually, uh, my mom was telling me recently, she was hearing it in Katha as well. Um, this one singh who, uh, before, he, before he became a singh, he's completely mona, he had a liquor store. Right. And his whole living 
uh, he had a liquor store for like 20 years. That's all. That's the only business he knew, right? Yeah. Um, and he was really good at it and everything. Uh, then something in his life happened and he came into Sikhi and got closer and closer and took Amrit. And the Singhs said, listen, like, we, uh, not the Panda Singh, but like afterwards, they said, listen, you need to sell your store. Like, that's not right. He's like, I can't. He's like, that's the only thing I know. And uh, he ran it for a couple of months and uh, this one guy came, he was homeless. And he said, oh, I need a, I need a cigar. He was about to sell him a cigar and he, the guy was about a dollar or two short. And he said, uh, he's like, I can't pay this, but can you do something here, right? And he's like, okay, I know I can't do anything here, but I'll give you food. He's like, oh, I don't need food. He's like, you're homeless. Like, leave the cigar. I'll give you food, right? He's like, no, no. See, the thing is God. So it's his own thinking, right? He's like, God uh, doesn't like the cigar. So I have to work for this one. The food one he always gives me, <laughs> right? So he, he gave him the food. And after oh, he ate it, he ate the food and uh, he's like, see, I told you, God already took care of my food. The cigar is what I have to work for. And uh, from there that hit him. He's like, that's so true. If he can believe this, that Guru Sahib is going to give my food. I don't have to worry about that. What am I doing? So he sold his liquor store and then he actually bought a trucking company, like all of it. And then now he's very successful, right? Yeah. So You got to believe. I make a jump. Yeah. Is this how you would define Sachi Kert? Like some people are curious, what does that mean? What does Sachi Kert mean, your brother-in-law or that guy? Like how would you define Sachi Kert? See, there are a lot of innocent people who doesn't have any clue what Sikhi says when it comes to the earnings. And uh, I personally do not believe those guys are guilty. They just don't, don't know. They do not know yet what's right, what's wrong. Now, if you take a guy like me or Amrinder Singh, we, we both know what's, what's right, what's wrong. Now we open up a business, then we both are guilty. Mm-hmm. Right? The key thing is, <clears throat> do not do a business which is, which is forbidden in Sikhi, for sure. No matter mm-hmm. what happens. No matter what happens. Because if you don't have a blessing on Guru Sahib, we have nothing in life. Money is nothing in life. Yeah. Right? Um, I, have, I have been fortunate enough this year to acquire this big company. It's a multi-million dollar company and I will see the money's flowing, we can flow in. And uh, at the same time, I was watching a movie. And uh, it's on, um, oh boy, I forgot the name of the movie. All the money you have. Mm-hmm. Right? Richest people in the world based on true story. Right? And um, like nobody had that rich in whole life. Like not in the whole universe. Yeah. And he died with all the money with him. His kids, grandsons, nobody was there for him. And then, what do you want this money for? Right? It's a satisfaction, number one. If you're not satisfied with your family, if, um, the money's worth nothing. Yeah. Right? If you think people are working, okay, guys, we need a food on the table, and we need to have a target in life. That doesn't mean that you're going to go sit home and our uh, food can come on its own. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not what I'm either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Right? <laughs> but make sure you have a guidance to how to go there. And you got to stay on your path, right? Mm-hmm. That's anything else. Yeah. And you can deviate. It's so easy to um, go off track. Huh? Mm-hmm. And in a career, it's so easy to go off track. And how do you keep yourself lined up? It's your sangat. Excuse me. It's your sangat. That's it. Hey, you can convince yourself that what you're doing is right. Oh, but it's not right always. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, so kind of switching gears a little bit. We, we talked a little bit about how you do seva in the jatha. And um, so like in the panjabiyade, how did that begin for you? And how has that been? A change in your life? Well, um, there was 1997, 1998, 
around the time, or 99, 98, I think so. Um, no, 99, 99, sorry, 1999. Um, at Dixie Gurdwara, they did a 21, uh, uh, a Kanpur And uh, I just, um, Gursa just blessed me to just to do some seva, like I used to do for my heart. And uh, on the morning of the Pogue ceremony, uh, Palminder Singh, uh, the head currency of Dixie Gurdwara Sahib, and uh, he's my family member too. So, Hindi Nardas, that on Kar Singh did seva, Gurdwara Sahib, and Bakshi Shantyo. And from my, from my heart came, okay, seva deni hai, give me the uttam seva, give me the top seva. And I did Muthatik, went home. And uh, at that time, uh, I and uh, my sister-in-law, uh, my, my wife, and we used to do a similar morning every morning at 4, 4.30 uh, within the family members. I got a call around, I think it was 5.30, 6 o'clock, that um, the Singh that run sh- uh, they ran short of one Singh. It's from Rex Gurdwara. What happened was uh, my uh, my Bichola is Kulbir Singh from uh, a Kankritni Jatel Singh. Right, so mm. so they called them. We need to sing, and they they he called my family that Omkar Singh is might might be okay for you guys, and I went there. Raksa Gurdwara, sing asked me sing. Chardi Kalachya, I told one only one sentence. I said my my sis is Guru Sahib's. Rest I don't know. Right, I used to eat from outside that time, and um, so Singh said, well, you do, you can do continuing seva. That's it. From there we went to Montreal, as next day, and. Uh, Experience is something I can explain to you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no physical word for it, right? And uh, whatever you you bring those those kathas, it's all true, right? That's experience you get, and also you got to believe in that too, mm. right? You got to stay true to your heart, because in Sikhi is no um, uh, no what what do you call it uh, room for pakhans. Mm-hmm. Or uh, we, we like for instance, if I become I'm today I'm a singer, I wear my bana, I wear my big gatra, big series of and the mala, right? I do my bani, it's fine. If tomorrow I'm not doing my nitinam or not doing my bani, I still have my bana, that's pakhand. Mm-hmm. Right? So in Sikhi, that's why we, we people are like a lot. Mm-hmm. Like as we move forward, first phase is good, second phase starts dying down, but we don't want to keep the social aspect of it the same way. Yeah. Then you have two phases all of a sudden, right? Then you look, lose your Sikhi and lose your everything else. Yeah. So I, that's one thing I tell my, um, I, uh, I even tell my sings all we together, guys. We gotta make sure, like whoever do a panjpeer seva, they got, they should be in and out, should be same, whoever they are, right? And um, that's it. That's why I, I wasn't doing that panjpeer uh, seva past few months because of my travel mm-hmm. stuff, right? I do other sevas there, like for instance, uh, they have Kanti Singh seva or, sorry, uh, a Paradharti seva or Degi seva or something else. <coughs> Um, but the thing is, uh, I, you got to have that babek uh, for the Panjipiaris, for sure. Uh, speaking of uh, the sevas, uh, w- while you're doing seva with the Jatha, um, you're one of the few things that can are, are fluent in English. Um, this has been helpful for a lot of youth when they need to speak to older Gosaks for advice or guidance in their Sikhi. Uh, what kind of relationship do you strive to have with t- today's Sikh youth? Um, well, I'm not perfect in English, that's for sure. <laughs> and these young kids, they're better than us, right? That's why one of the things uh, um, I and few more things we tend to personally tend uh, to get more youth in this jata, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, as I told you before, guys, um, as you grow older, um, 
you have the social frameworks. People see you through that lens all the time. But your sick is not there sometimes, right? That's where you fall off, right? When you get involved, that means your next generation is cured. Mm. I used to do a lot of camps when I was young, sing, right? <laughs> and I slowly got in business, got off track. And I just did a, did a camp about a few months back. Um, and uh, it was enlightening back on. But I do feel that next year onwards, I'll, I'll be getting full-time in this thing. And uh, youth is our next generation. Yeah. We are, I'm, I'm turning 50 in a few months, right? I can see the end of my life. But uh, you guys are still young. Yeah. All right, so, yeah. That's fair. Um, where do you see yourself in, in a few years? Uh, speaking of those... Uh, Kind of seeing ten years, five years. I know you said you always have retire, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, have Have your children already started giving you the retirement talk? No way. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter says that a lot of them. That she's grown up. She's she's very grown up for, for her age, no doubt. Um, but my plan is um, these two corporations we have right now. Um, I just made my employees as a as a, as a minority partner in a Canadian company here. Mm-hmm. They they will run it. And uh, so U.S. I have somebody else uh, who'll be trained. I'm a CEO of the company there right now, but uh, he will be becoming a CEO in about four or five years. Wow. And um, so he will take over. Then I'll I will take it easy. My honestly, honestly, Guru Sabdikarpada now. If if Guru Sab bless only then it's going to happen. My goal is to go uh, spend eighty percent of my life into some seva. Mm-hmm. Money is is there, and uh, our goal is to set up a. Our uh, a charitable foundation, and after taking what we require for our uh, um, for my home, and the rest half of that we need to go there. And um, money is one thing; it's a time people don't have, right? And I've been lacking that for my whole life. I'll be honest there, and uh, I want to make up for that. If I if I can, if good surplus, only that. Yeah. It's not gonna happen without that, right? So. We've been doing this new thing this season with all of the guests is having them describe themselves in one sentence. So if you had to describe mm. yourself in one sentence, how would it, how would this sentence end? Bayunkar Singh Ji is. Oh boy, hard, hard. that's a tough question. <laughs> I don't know. I would say I was still a kid in Sikhi. A lot to learn. A kid in Sikhi. Yeah, that's what I say. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I, um, nobody taught me this, uh, Gurbani, or... Um, I never read much literature. I just been blessed. I, I strongly believe that it's my poor Blakarm who got me in this. I strongly believe in that because I've seen my lifetime. Like Guru Sahib always saved me. Always saved me from one way or the other, right? And in the day I um, I, I used to be a very was hardliner baby kissing one time. Right. And that happened all of a sudden I woke up in the morning, it just came to me, I don't know where from. And then I went into the U.S. I saw other people. I saw the aspect, other, other side of the life too. Then I started becoming more mature. Boy, these guys need help too. But if you're not going to interact with these guys, how the hell they will know, mm-hmm. right? And every time I, when, I, when I was young, saying, I used to feel, okay, um, okay, I'll give, I will show you. I don't know how to explain to you guys. This is something personal, but I'll, I'll share with you guys. Mm-hmm. I used to work in, in golf uh, for some company there. And... Uh, I used to have my baby keep better 100 200% that time. And uh, uh, 20, 25, they would be with their part every day. 
at least an hour and a half in the morning, minimum of of Simran, right? And at the and you just ask why not. Um, one at lunchtime, um, there my colleagues say, well, let's go for get an ice cream. So sure, let's go. I went there to the ice cream and uh, and that time um, I was that state that um, everything is just so nervous. Like and then be like you don't hear anything all around you. And uh, I was in that state that time. And uh, I went to there, took the ice cream, took the ice cream, put it in my mouth. I could hear the dogs barking in my ears. I'm telling you guys that day. That day, ice cream just fell from my from my hand, and I came home and started crying. And my wife asked me what's going on as well. Uh, I think I made a committed sin. So she said, no, you know, you did not. You didn't do anything like that. But the thing is, that day I understood what is what is jute, what is mariyada. I just felt it. I didn't, I didn't read any books to be honest. Right? Mm-hmm. I was young that time. But I went, <clears throat> and that was the adage, and then I used to feel, okay, this is right, this is wrong. Like anything which happens uh, in my life, uh, you can sense it, this is not supposed to be happening, or this is wrong, mm-hmm. right? And you stop. So as we, as I grew older, and uh, I feel more of Guru Sahib Ji's is right behind my back and tell me more and more. So when I went to Italy this year, and I had a food issues. So they gave me a, a cook there for seven days, and he used to cook my food, but he's, he wasn't sick, right? Definitely he smokes for sure. Mm-hmm. Right? Everybody smokes in England, Italy, right? Mm-hmm. But he used to make my food with a washing and so that's, that's fine. So I didn't feel anything bad. Rather, he was amused by uh, who, who the six are, and we talked. Every evening at the lunchtime, dinner time, we used to talk. They used to have their own meat on the other table, and a few guys stood with me. Well, we were talking, Masiki and stuff. And the one guy, from, my team was from uh, St. Catherine's. Hmm. Uh, he's Trump's supporter. Hmm. He's pure uh, Stephen Harper supporter. Pure. He said, oh, I'm voting because I'm Catholic. We became his friend. I don't tell you what, we had such a open conversations, but at the time, he knew who Sikhs are. Mm-hmm. So I felt, although I did eat from outside, but I achieved something else, which I wouldn't have achieved if I didn't met these guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you balance that? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say to you guys, like, um, um, that's, it's hard to find that the question you asked me, one line. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> a big question. I need, I need to learn a lot. Yeah. yeah. I need to learn a lot. This, this. Yeah. Still a kid. Um, so we'd like to end every podcast, uh, first of all. Again, thank there. you. Um, every podcast with the random five. Uh, this is where we'll ask you five uh, random questions, uh, just for the readers to get to know you better, uh, or listeners. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, but uh, we're just gonna do them really quick, so you don't have to like spend Thank a lot of time. You just sure. kind of uh, pop them out. So, what is your favorite book? In Punjabi, it's known as Jamas Rakha. In English, it's known as The Gallant Defender. It's a guy from um, from India. From it's a spy from India. Who wrote a book on uh, Sandhu Baba Janel Singh? And uh, his name, uh, the his, uh, original book is in, in English, The mm-hmm. Gallant Defender. You can still find it online, it's India's band. Yeah. And then, then a Punjabi writer made, uh, like, wrote this book in Punjabi also. Mm. Okay. okay. What is your favorite quote or Bani Pankti? Oh, this, I am. In the truth, I have to make you the world. This world you see around ourselves, the bitter world, is made by the same Guru Sahib. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's you just need the right eye for it. Right. What is one of your weird quirks? 
Oh, the question we discussed before. <laughs> it's a tough one, guys. <laughs> I'm too blunt, I will say. <laughs> That's fair. Right. If you could meet anyone in history, who would it be? Baba Janelsing. Okay. Um, I never met him. Mm-hmm. I was in boarding school, on the, and then, then uh, when uh, Operation Blue Star happened, right? I was a young kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How old were you? Oh, what? I was 14. Oh wow, fourteen. Yeah. Uh, what's your biggest pet peeve? Oh boy, that's a question I couldn't answer. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't. Is know. it because you have none, or you have too many? <laughs> oh, was it too many? <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye, Sabju. Uh, before we end off the podcast, is there anything else that you want to leave our listeners with? Any advice? Uh, any? This is mainly going to young people. Um, so, any advice that you'd want to give them? Uh, have, have faith in Guru Sahib. Trust, do your das, and believe in your das. And uh, do not make uh, girls like me or somebody else make it the mentors. Make Guru Sahib your mentor, nobody else. Because mm-hmm. when you rely on individuals, you get hurt one day or the other. And it happens 99% of the time. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's Simple good. one. Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for sharing your story, being open, uh, providing some invaluable advice. Um, I've definitely learned a lot. Yeah, um, me too. And it's nice because we always interview young people and you're very young oh, as well. Oh, thank you. You're <laughs> very young as well. You just made my day. But <laughs> <laughs> you're very young. Uh, yeah. You know what? I'm, one, of my, uh, my, one of my partners, he's a young guy, and he called me, he called me Punko. <laughs> What does because, that mean? Oh, it's, it's, it's a combination of Paji and an uncle. Because <laughs> his mom calls me his brother, her, her brother. And uh, so he said, I can't call you uncle. I can't call you Paji. I'll call you Punkle. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's age, right? 50 yeah, years yeah. age. For sure. <laughs> so. um, anyways, thank you so much again. Um, and uh, for everybody uh, listening to the podcast, thank you so much. You've been listening to the Experience Sikhi Podcast. 